Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, January 13, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket. You better get out your sticky note because we have a lot to go over on both sides of the equation. In this case, side number one is the chart analysis. Side number two is the trading within the chart analysis. We're going to learn something from both angles tonight. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Well, it's pretty obvious. Today was another one of those reversal candles. Somewhat of a spike in volume. Not tremendous volume. Better than the average volume, but not too, too heavy. But it was a reversal candle. Another one of these big time breakdown candles closing below the moving averages where they closed right back above yesterday in what's called a fake out operation. Now, from a daily chart perspective, and remember the title of last night's video, it was about learning our ABCs. So from a daily chart perspective, this could be an A wave down, a B wave up, and a C wave down that completes officially below the low of the A wave, but then we have other stuff going on. So let's talk about that for a minute. Staying with the daily chart, again we have these higher lows. We have a low, a higher low, a higher low. If that begins to crack and we don't have higher lows anymore, they change the makeup of the market. Also, along with the higher lows, You can also do this, and you've probably seen this already, but here's a trend line that seems to be important, right? We don't know exactly it's important. We don't know to the penny if that trend line is important, but what we do know is the market is telling us that this trend line is important in this general zone. I look at these from a conceptual standpoint. So, yeah, we spike it through here, but from a conceptual standpoint, this trend line is working. So if you break the higher low scenario and you break the trend line, then all of a sudden you find price down here and things change. They're getting below the 100 period moving average all of a sudden. Again, they haven't done that since back here. So we're just doing the initial assessment of the daily chart. That's what I see at first blush on the south side. How does this turn back to the bullish side of the equation? Well, for starters, you have to get back above these moving averages, back above yesterday's high, and then they can begin climbing yet again this breakdown candle from the 5th of January. Right now, what we have on our hands is a failure, and we take the market at face value. She's failing. Going down to a 240-minute chart, we're going to take a look at something slightly different. Remember... We're the umpire calling balls and strikes, so you have to look at everything that shows up on any chart it shows up on. So here's a couple of things to keep in mind. Earnings season officially kicks off tomorrow. A couple of the banks will report, and then they'll start really getting going next week and the week after, and so on. The market can certainly get more volatile. It can go up and down, whippy, big swings in both directions. But it's food for thought because of what I'm going to tell you next. So here on this 240 chart, remember the ABC routine. Well, you have something similar but going in the other direction. 
You have off the low from the other day, that was Monday's low, you have an A wave up, you have a B leg down, and you could potentially have another leg that completes above the high of the A leg. We talked about this last night. We talked about them coming down into this zone last night. Maybe not below 465 where they finished the day, but certainly from a conceptual standpoint, this is one of the things we discussed that they could do, that they began to do today, so they're in the midst of doing. Next week, you have a couple of things on the board. You have Martin Luther King Day. It's a holiday here in the U.S. Banks are closed. Markets are closed. We're closed. Therefore, you have a four-day trading week, and guess what? Next week is options expiration right into the beginning of earnings season. Expect weird stuff. What could be one of those weird stuff? Well, how about you have an A leg up, B leg, and then next week all of a sudden they do the C leg when everybody right now has been buying puts, they think the market is collapsing down, only to find themselves on Tuesday with a pie in the face. I'm not saying that is happening. I'm just saying that's one of the possibilities. We see these type of things all the time. We have to have, I always have, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew in the back of my mind. But we'll know because whether or not they're making or beginning to make the C leg of the ABC pattern will really be evident, hopefully, tomorrow. If on Friday they're coming all the way down to test these lows down here or lower, then something may be different. It's less likely it would be one of these ABC deals. So that's the way you can read the tape coming into Friday. 120 chart, same routine. It's the same exact look on a different time frame. And we always have to go back to what I say all the time, which is the larger time frame, whether we're talking about moving averages or anything on the chart, the larger time frame is the dominant thing. That doesn't mean the smaller time frames can't be doing something counter trend at the same time. So keep in mind, you have the ABC thing working on the daily chart in the downward direction. In the meantime, you have the same thing working potentially. It's potentially in the northern direction. Instead of creeping down in that formation, they had one big candle down today, which is also another one of those reversal candles. So again, that probably reduces the odds of the ABC back in the upward direction at least, at least up until the point in which they can recapture these moving averages on the daily chart. Let's take a look over it inside the numbers. The early thoughts, and by the way, you're going to learn the other side of the coin inside the numbers. The trading side of things. Remember when I always say, if you're going to have to lose, you have to lose small and fast. I'm going to show you a trade that I lost on, likely some other traders lost on this morning, we lost relatively small and fast, which could have grown into large and a slow motion killer all day long. We'll get into that in a few moments. They're floating in the pre-market, featuring a little green on the screen. The numbers are pretty straightforward. So we had the same zone that they never got to yesterday. And by the way, obviously you know this by now, they never got there again today. The same 473.40. Now, it wasn't going to be the same as it was from an interest of a short trade at that number, but into that zone, the market was typically 
going to find overhead resistance. However, today, they found it first before. 47160 is still important. That was also from yesterday and will be the gateway for the bull case and higher prices. So for now, think of it as the pivot. Yesterday it was the pivot, and today it looks much of the same. 468.94 is the southern gateway, and below will open the door for 467 and possibly 465, which they did the whole shebang. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. Early on, they were pushing higher, so that's what the notes reflect. You should read the notes, go back to the charts to double-check the work. I'm going to point out some important things where we can learn something in real time, and what your job is is to read all the notes and double-check the work back on the charts if you're either trading in the S&P 500 or are interested in trading in the S&P 500 during the trading day. 9.15, let's pay attention to this one. Yesterday's first hour breakdown candle high is 472.50, So we can expect some overhead resistance there for starters. Let's get our faculties on the chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 472.50 is the horizontal line. The market gapped up. Remember, that post was before the opening bell. 472.50, give or take, is where they found overhead resistance as well as high of day. Let's take a look at this from an hourly chart perspective. Again, right of the vertical is today's activity. First candle right of the vertical is today's first hour, what did they do? They ran a test of this breakdown candle high from yesterday. That was yesterday's breakdown candle. Yesterday, they made a bearish flag. Today, they broke the flag. We're trying to get above that breakdown candle high. They needed to close candles above it. They ran a test and failed. We talk about this all the time. These are the things that we're looking at. That's why it was on the board first thing in the morning. It's called reading the tape. You don't know they're going to get rejected, but you have to know where the important spots are. If they started pushing above and closing candles above that number, then guess what? That changes the complexion of the entire morning. All right, let's see what else we have. Remember the pivot, 471.60. Now here's the deal. They're starting the day above, which means if they run a test, It should be support in the early going. Closing candles below isn't good for the bull case. Running a test and bouncing off is the bull case for higher numbers like into the zone. So this is a trade that will typically take a lot of times if the trade is available first thing in the morning. If I've got an important spot, and because it's an important spot, they're going to run a test. A lot of times in a bullish tape, they'll run the test, They'll bounce off of it. It tells me, A, the number was right, it's important, and B, as long as they stay above, there's something above that is the destination. That's where they're going to be headed. So running a test isn't necessarily a bearish thing going down to do so. It tells me something going into the rest of the morning or the rest of the day. There's a reason why I'm harping on this number or this zone. You'll see later why that is as I scroll up. There's always a method to the madness. This is where the sticky note stuff comes in. So we had a quick trade in BEKE. We'll get back to those later. 941, they're pushing up into that 472.50 overhead resistance, closing candles above. The door opens for the next spot, which is the beginning of yesterday's zone. So for the time being, staying above that pivot, the market is okay. The bulls are essentially in charge. Now, pay attention to this. Again, sticky note stuff. 
At this point, if they went down to run a test of the pivot at 461.60, they could run down to fill the gap at 471. That was a gap left open from the previous day, yesterday. 60 cents apart makes sense to me. Knowing your numbers enables you to lose small and fast if you have to lose it all. That's my take. All right, that's kind of the crux of the thing that I wanted to go over. By 1018, you see it. This isn't what Mrs. Bullcase had in mind. Candles closing below 471, and I'm out. 10 and 15 minute ones. I'm programmed to give it some time in a case of a shakeout operation, which happens a lot. We'll update. 1023, I'll give it the hourly close at 1030 above 471, and the trade is active below, and it is not. Here's the thing. With quick, profitable trades off the morning list from Stocks on the Move, I'm not interested in fighting a trade and letting the profits go away, treating it as a business. I hope many of you are learning something from this process. Right around 10.30, they had a fake-out operation. They closed above the gap right into the hourly close. That's a fake-out operation based on what happened after the fact. Here we go. 10.40, the trade is over for me. I don't like it. It didn't do what the design was. Therefore, I've decided to move on. If it turns out to be a product of Trick and Company, I'm aware of it, so be it. Let's just reiterate one more time. I got out right underneath 471. They closed at 464.55. Who wants to fight this, hoping they bounce back all day long? If the trade doesn't work, get out and move on. There's another trade around the corner. And by the way, As we go through the notes, there's something else. There's another side to the other side. Let me scroll up a little bit, and I'll explain what I'm talking about. Below the gap is a different tape, 1047. And the point here is that you'll see where I say the door is open for these lower prices. Below that, meaning the gap, all kinds of stuff opens up in the southern direction. Below, we still have an important 467, and more important, 465, 465.50 zone. In the spirit of being prepared just in case. Well, guess what? It's a good thing we were prepared. Why? Because there are plenty of traders that want to trade the short side. It's very difficult in a slow tape, meaning when they're creeping lower and they're bouncing back and forth and they're dripping and it's lighter volume than just killing the tape. It's not an easy trade, but there are certainly traders that say, hey, I see a failure going on. I want to be short. I'm going to short the tape and ride it down to some of these lower numbers. So that's why I have to give both sides of the equation. Both sides, meaning southern and northern. I never know who's trading what side. I don't need to know. And we're moving along. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the charts. Double check the work. You got the crux of everything that happened. There's a lot of detail in here. I'm not going to read it all to you. If you're interested, you'll read it yourself. If you're not interested, well, you're either waiting till I finish this part or you've already skipped this part. That's fine. There's something for everybody. We'll call it an inclusive business. And here, 243, by the way, if they get to the 465.50 to 465 zone today, it should produce a bounce. However, I'm not interested in taking that trade this late in the day. Why? What happens if it's wrong? I have to go home with that one on the mind, and it's not that important to take the risk with time running out on the clock. Trader's choice. Here it is, 465.50. The low here was 465.55. They didn't get there, bounced away, 
That takes that number off the table. Front runners might have got some kind of a scalp trade. This doesn't look like much, but when they make a high of 466.55, that's 10 S&P handles off the number, or a nickel off the number. Then they gave it up into the end of the day. Stocks on the move. We had a healthy list this morning. We're going to take a look at ARCC, B-E-K-E. We skipped PDD and F-U-T-U. They didn't hit their targets. Snap a look at and Billy. Next up, B-E-K-E. How about this rocket ride? 21.30 after the buzz cut at the open. By 9.40, they're making a high of 21.98. Give or take a 70-cent rocket ride off $21.30 is over 3% in a couple of minutes. That's a nice scalp trade. You can see what happened next, but profit is in the pocket. And as an example, in the Inside the Numbers live room, Jordan was able to take more than one exit on this trade, so we were able to squeeze well more than the minimum required base hit. You never know which ones are going to go on the rocket ride. Here's a snapshot of Snap getting its haircut at the opening bell. So here's what happened with this one. The stock opened below the number. The opening print was $40.64. So immediately, the first number is off the table. The second number is activated, but by the time they got to the second number, they essentially creeped into it after missing it, so there's really no trade in Snap. Billy did the deal. Opening print here was $40.29. They come into the first number and spike it, go right back up. They do the deal and then come back in later. The rest of it is history. Nobody's taken this trade after eating time off the clock, and the third number was hit near the closing bell. It was a morning winner, and you move on. And by the way, it gave you about a buck. Again, another situation where I believe Jordan in the room took multiple exits on Billy as well, getting more than the minimum required base hit. That's the concept. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, nothing's changed from an important spot perspective. They really have to hold this on a weekly basis. Remember that 208 number, 208 and change down here, 208.76, which is the low here. Giving that up is the Irene number. They have a higher low here. Now they're teetering, can't get back above the moving averages. This is a weak chart on the IWM. It's melting. Last line of defense. 208.76, weekly close. What about the folks down at the transportation department? A little curious over here. Finished up on the day, still sandwiched in between the moving averages on the top side and the bottom side. Nothing changed from yesterday. $33 on a $16,000 index is a rounding error, two-tenths of 1%. So nothing really changed materially, but it's interesting that it wasn't down on the day. Remember, My favorite canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator. And what you'll notice in the IWM, which I didn't discuss a moment ago, is it was down less than the S&P 500. So those two things have to be puzzle pieces. They're on the table, maybe meaningless, but we have to notice them nonetheless. How about the tech people, the Q people? Walloped, smoked, down 2.5% is a pretty big day on the Qs. Same reversal candle. Same situation below now the 100 period moving average. We're not able to recapture the 50 and 20. Never got to the breakup candle. Never got to the breakdown candle high. This is weak. It's failing. They need a quick rescue operation on Friday, worst case, into next week. Or if they give up this low, it begins to 
looked like Irene's paying a visit to the Qs. That's giving up 369.31. XLF down nine cents. We can't make much out of that. Actually, they were down more. They popped back up a little bit after the closing bell in the aftermarket session. 41.33 by 41.44. Hovering around the highs. There's really not much to discuss in the XLF, but I will mention this, that without the financials falling apart, it's unlikely the rest of the market's going to fall apart. We've got pullbacks and stuff like that, but unless the financials are coming unglued or unraveled, the rest of the market is just in a pullback situation. Keep this in mind. You have earnings season. Some of the banks begin reporting tomorrow. I'm not sure which ones. I'm pretty sure it's JP Morgan. They're always first whether it's Bank of America and Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, sometimes they're all on the same day, sometimes they spread them out. I didn't take a look. doesn't really matter. The concept is that with the banks reporting, how's the market going to take what the banks say and what their outlook is going forward? Rising rate environment, it's good for banks until it's not. And then, of course, we have Smash Mouth. Look at this reversal day. Gave up the moving averages. That's a reversal day on volume. If you just look at the current screen, that's the heaviest volume day we've had yet in the SMH, and it happens to be today on a reversal candle back down. You have to put that on the table as a puzzle piece, and that absolutely is the best place to leave this today. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.